I was just praying, as I always do, coming into a new year, do you know what, just what direction to go, what messages to start ministering on, you know what, um, anywhere that I'm going, you know what, what direction, God, are you looking me to minister this year, and you know what, and, and many times we'll look at coming into a new year, we'll look at vision or stuff like that, and we'll look at, you know what, um, new things, you'll hear people coming into a new year and they'll talk about God's doing a new thing and all of these kind of things, there's a, a certain truth to that, and there's a, a there's not a truth to that as well. Sometimes people are always looking for something new. You know, God can open doors for us. God can cause, you know, to you to go in a different direction, change the direction, and that can be new in your life, and thank God for that. But I'll tell you, our God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He is not changing. But you know what? There's something else that I want to look at and just start going this direction. And this is the way God put it across to me as I was just preparing, praying, I was thinking one direction, and um, God had a completely different direction for me to go with the message coming into the new year. And God, the way it just came to me was just, you know, God can just drop a phrase in you. And the phrase was this, you know what, embrace the new that you already have. Okay, that everybody, you know, is looking for something new coming into the new year. Whats you know, people are, you know, starting a new diet or starting a new training thing. Or, you know, people have all of these new ideas. And many times they don't even make it out of January. Okay, um, New Year's resolutions and all of those kind of things. But you know what? We should embrace the new that we already have. Okay. And I'll explain that as we go on tonight. And out of that, you watch the direction of your life. If we would embrace what we already have in Christ, that would change our talk. It would change how we think. It would change how we act. It would change how we view things. Just because we take on who we are in Christ Jesus. And we should embrace the new that we already have. Amen. You know what? Um, it's just like we're only out of Christmas. And many are fed up with it. Okay? As in like it's out of season now. You know it's gone. It was great. But it's gone. Like we pulled into the shop earlier on. Tyler was looking so to eat. And he got a subway earlier on the way up the road. And when we pulled into, into the, the, the shop. There was all you know what Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse on the window. And all of this kind of thing. And it just looks like you know what it's time to get that clean now. Because that's past. You see, it was, it was good when it was there, but it loses that, you know, newness. It's gone. You can't live in seasons. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, preach the word in season and out of season. Because seasons come, seasons go. You can be in one season for a while and then in another one. Or just naturally you can have seasons as well. But here's the thing, you preach the word in every season because the word never loses its newness. It's, it's always in date. You always need the Word, no matter what generation, no matter what age you are, you need the Word of God. And yet, many times somebody, oh, we're looking at a new thing. That, that new thing, if God's not in it, will become old very quickly. But you know what? I'm telling you, the new that God has given us, it never gets old. That's what I'm getting to here in a minute. You know what? Even with, um, with toys... You know what, sometimes people, you know, we get toys, kids, and have them played out with already. You know what, kids get so much now. And it's one, of the, um, it's one of the traps of our generation is that people get so much and have so much that they can miss out on the great things that God has given us. 
Because, and many of you know, the devil knows how to do add-ons. He's always adding on. You see, if he can add something, he can pollute it. And that's the way the devil operates. You know, he adds the tares with the wheat, okay? It's like he, he, you know, he's able to, um, you know, to bring in, um, you know, the, the thorns and the stones. And what he does is he brings add-ons, you know, because it distracts you from Jesus. But you know what? Here's the reality of it. Jesus is enough. You know what? We're complete in him. We don't need all the add-ons. Actually, the add-ons, even seeing that parable of the, the sower sows the seed, the four grounds, the one ground that was productive didn't have more in it. It had less in it. Think about that. It had less hardness, less stones, and less thorns. It wasn't jam-packed with everything. and It's a, it's a problem with, with our generation. We've so much to do in our generation or to watch in our generation. We have another series. You know what we've... And, and there's nothing wrong with series. There's nothing wrong with, you know what, having an account or a, you know, something that you watch. We all need downtime. We all need to relax. But it's different whenever it, it takes you away from what God has for you. And sometimes the good that God has for us is clouded by a bunch of other things because here's one of the traps of the devil. He loves to keep you preoccupied. He loves to give you a bunch of things to keep you busy. And what happens is you miss those key things that really do minister to your life and affect your life and affect the course of your life and your destiny. As I say, like on Christmas, we just passed... You know what, I, I know just think, I was thinking about it over the, the period of Christmas and I was thinking about, you know, um, the gifts and the different things that my kids have got over the years. And sometimes you forget about them, but I got to see some old photographs. And then you remember some of the gifts that they got at Christmas. But you know what, um, it's like when they're younger, they always say when they're younger, they have uh, loads of gifts. As they get older, they get fewer, but more expensive. Okay. You know what, here, here's the thing. You think of any Christmas, and there are, there are gifts that they get at Christmas, and they really love. Okay? There's other things that, you know what, they're not really bothered with. And they can preoccupy them from the very thing that they really want to play with. Okay? Um, like, I, I was thinking about, you know, when, when Alexis was younger, there was one of the things that she put on her, on her list at Christmas, okay? And that was Barbie Dreamhouse. That's what she was looking for. And she got up on Christmas morning and there was Barbie Dreamhouse. And I tell you, that thing, that Barbie Dreamhouse, that just didn't do her that Christmas day. She kept other Christmases she would put on her list, other things that she wanted to add to it. We things to play with. Because you see, at their toy, it gave her so much satisfaction. Because it was something that it wasn't over with quickly. It didn't go out of date quickly. I mean, she got so much pleasure out of that. But there was other things that she got. I was thinking about a wee thing that she got. It was one Christmas, there was the, the main gift that year was Hatchimals. And it's like a wee animal in an egg. And you have to nurture this thing. I can't remember exactly what you had to do with it. But you had to wait for the egg to crack. Once it was set off, it took time for the egg to crack. Out came this wee creature. Hers was a wee purple thing or a pink thing. 
and you had to nurture this thing. And as you nurtured it, it started making noises. The eyes would light up. And you were meant to spend time with this. Well, Alexis was fed up with that in the first couple of days. She couldn't wait for it to hatch. She was beating it with a spoon to get the thing out of there. And do you know what I'd say to her? Alexis, go and play with it. And you have to play with it to get it to do the things. She had no interest in it. But you see, our dream house, she had... And you know what? It gives so much to her. It's the same. Like you can think yourself of things. I, I was thinking of myself. The best um, gift I ever got at Christmas was a BMX. And it was a Raleigh burner. And it was the, the new one that came out that year. It was black and red. Well, sure, that's my colors. You know what? Anybody knows me. You know what? You, you very rarely see me not wearing black. I love black. And I love red because I'm blessed that way I support Man United. And <laughs> but that BMX, I loved it. I mean, when I tell you I loved that, do you see the pleasure I got of that? And it was for several years. I still love BMXs today. I mean, I couldn't wait. The Tyler was at an age that he got a BMX. You know what, now he's outgrew it. You want to see it? He's, he's taller than me now. Don't tell him that. But um, he's taller than me now, you know. He's, BMXs are small. Like he, he looks silly, ridiculous on a BMX now. But boy, I couldn't wait till he got that BMX. And um, you know what, he got the BMX that I always wanted. He ended up getting a mongoose BMX, and I loved those bikes here when he got it. I was on it more than he was, you know what I mean? I couldn't wait to get on it and spinning the handlebars and all of those kind of things. But you know what? Here's the reality of it. Everything that you get, no matter how good it is, it'll only last for so long. You'll only get so much out of it because it loses it loses its effectiveness, and as you get older, it, it's not the same anymore. I love BMXs, but more now it's went into nostalgia now. To where I look at it, I remember all of those things, but I'm not looking at BMX to start going around calling for someone. Do you know why you're coming out to play? You know, I, I, I want to look at it. Like, Raleigh have been bringing out BMXs this last few, few years, uh, no retro BMXs, and uh, brought out some of the ones that my mates would have had. But the one that I have, they haven't brought it out yet. And I'd love to get it, but I'm not looking to go out on it. I'd love it, you know, just to have on display, put it in the living room, you know. <laughs> There's no chance of that happening, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, you can put it up above the fireplace, but you can always do it for a laugh and then see what the reaction is. <laughs> I guarantee it wouldn't last in there more than a, a minute. <laughs> I wouldn't go with the decor. <laughs> but I would love one of those just to have one. And they come out, the last ones that came out, I think they were about six, seven hundred um, pounds for them, so they were. But um, you know what, it would, it would be more like, you know, they'd be great to look at, but I'm not going to get anything out of it anymore. It would just be, you know, to look at. But you know what, and that's things in life, just anything in life. And you know, we, I mean, you know, we all need things in life. Um, you, you enjoy them. We all need to get new clothes, but they run out. You know what I mean? They, they get old, they get worn, and you need new ones, and that's just life. But you know what? I, where I'm going tonight, I'm, I'm going to show you, and we'll, we'll continue on looking at it. The new that God gives you, it never loses its effectiveness. It will never be dated. You don't need to get a new one. You just need to enjoy what God has given you. It's like when you get a well, you know, Jesus said he'd give you a well. Look at that scripture in a minute. You don't need to get a new well. Once you get the well, just draw from it. 
It'll benefit your life every day. Amen? So we don't need to actually be getting anything new in our Christian walk. But you, when you avail of it, it'll cause new things to come into your life. It'll open up new doors and all of those kind of things. Amen? So we need to and, and enjoy the things that God gives us. But you know what? Don't base your life on the things. Base your life on the, what God has actually given you as the new things, not the benefits. I'm talking about the new that I'm going to get to here in a minute. Let me just look over in Hebrews here for a moment. Hebrews chapter 1. Like even this world, you know, and it's just because everything in this world is physical. It'll only last for so long. So um, that's why you don't base your life on your house. You don't base your life on your car. You don't base your life on your clothes. You don't base your life on any of those things, anything physical, because it's, it's going to come to an end. So it's, it's great. Enjoy it. But don't base your life on it. Amen. Look here, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, talking about the earth. Look what it says here. And now, Lord, in the beginning... Has laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. Look at this here, talking about the, this natural heaven and earth. Look what it says here, they shall perish, but you remain, and they shall wax old. Wax old means to, to wear out, it means to declare obsolete. So it says that it'll wax old or it'll wear out, as does a garment, talking about clothes. And it says, and as a vesture, that's talking about like a robe or a cloak. You know, and people would have wore robes then, cloaks and different things. You know what, just your clothes. So it's talking about the earth is like, is like wearing clothes. You know, this earth, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to an end as we know it. And I sing that song, it's the end of the world as we, as we know it. Yeah. And one day it will be the end of this, this world. But let me tell you, it's not going to be by global warming. People, people are talking about the world like as if it's fragile. They have pictures of the earth with a plaster on it like as if it's fragile. We're holding it together. And if you don't cut down on your emissions and your carbon footprint, the earth's going to explode. It's going to be over. It's going to be a disaster. Twelve years they're given. Well, they've been talking about that for years. They used to call it global warming. Now they call it climate change. You know, it's always something like the world's going to end. Let me tell you, the world will come to an end. But right from this point on, if the rapture happened today, this world's going to go through a pattern in the tribulation. Just go and read the book of Revelations. And you know what? It's going to survive. It's going to survive more than if you drive a Range Rover. Absolutely. And you fly. You know, many of the people that preach, preach climate change the most have a bigger carbon footprint than any of us in the room, all of us put together. And yet they'll tell you, you know, what to do. But you know what? Here's the thing. They'll still fly in their private jet. No, but from this point on, right, the earth has to go through the tribulation. Then after that, there's a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. 
Then after that, then what's going to happen is, as it's talking about here, the earth, it's going to be, look what it says there in verse 12, and as a vesture, thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and the years fail not. Let me tell you, don't be thinking, you know what, because of your carbon footprint that you're going to destroy this planet. This planet has a long way to go yet. And it's going to go through more than what people are talking about climate change. It's going to go through the tribulation period and it's still going to survive this planet. But the point that it's bringing out here is everything physical is dated. Everything physical will come to an end, even this earth as we know it. Okay? It's going to come to an end. It's just like, you know, if you wash your clothes over and over again, do you know what happens? They get old. You know what, see this t-shirt I'm wearing here? This is one of my favorite t-shirts. Should be in the bin. I have other t-shirts, I have new t-shirts. But I like the feel of this one. And he is like that, you like the feel. But after a while, I'm telling you, this is on its last legs, but I love the feel of it when I get into it. It is shaped to my belly. <laughs> it has the spurt hair already stretched out and all. It fits perfectly, them Owens. You know, they're not fitted yet, they're not snug yet. But you know what, after a while, you wash it, you know, work, wash it, work, wash it, work, wash it, work. It loses its shape. Holes start to come in it. And after a while, you need something new. See, this is the mentality of this world. And sometimes as Christians, this is the mentality of some Christians. They're always looking something new. And it breeds the discontentment. Because they're not drawn from the new that God has given us. Amen. Over in um, Second Peter for a second. And I'm not talking about God doesn't add things to us. I'm not talking God doesn't give us open new doors or anything like that. I'm talking about at the foundation level. Many times people are just not content. You know what it's... But I'm telling you, you see the things of God, when you draw from them, they will feed you for the rest of your Christian walk. You can't improve on the new that God already gives us. Amen. Second Peter 3... And again, look at this here. It says, And the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Everything at the very end will be totally gone. Everything you see. This is the only global warming. Amen. <laughs> this is it where everything is changed. Then it says in verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Everything you see will be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? In other words, if everything that you see is one, one day is going to be dissolved, you know, like you take those tablets and you stick it in, in water and it dissolves. You see it and then the next thing it's, it's gone. Well, I'm telling you, that everything you see will be gone one day. So we're to enjoy life, but we're not to cling to it. Because it's not going to last forever. Enjoy everything that God gives you. But don't cling to it. We don't need tight hands on it. Because everything you see, do you know what's the most important thing? Is not getting your name on a street. Some people live to get their name on a street. So what I can say, that'll last. One day it won't be here. But I tell you, everything you do in God will last forever and forever and forever and forever. Amen. And then it says here, look, looking for the, uh, the and hastening on to the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens 
um, being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look at this here, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. And also over here, let me just look in, in Revelations 21 for a second. And it says here, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, and prepared as a bride ordained for, or, 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 adorned I mean, for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away. Okay, that'll mean it's, it got its last wash. It got his last, so to speak, being put on, and then it was put in the bin, and something new has come. It's a new heaven, and it's a new earth, amen? And, um, and you know what? This is going to be awesome. This is the future. This is our future, praise God, where God will tabernacle with man forever and forever. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. There's going to be no more death, amen? There's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be no more tears, Amen. God's going to dwell with us forever and forever. We're going to be His people. Praise God. And it's going, what it's called is the new, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Now, the point that I'm bringing out and the reason I'm going this direction, I'm not talking about new heaven and earth and all of that per se. What I'm bringing out here is this word for new, okay? When it talks about when God gives new, the word for new here, it means freshness, okay? But it means ever new. It means it never dates. Amen? Have you ever thought of eternity and it blows your mind? Why? Because we have a, a finite mind trying to comprehend an infinite God. We have a mind that is, you know, contained in this physical. We have a brain in there that's natural. And when you try to comprehend eternity, it'll blow fuses in your brain. Because it is hard to comprehend. Because we live in a world where things get old. We live in a world where you get you can be bored, okay? We live in a world where you get fed up with things. You get fed up with the toys that you got if you're a child at some stage. You get fed up with every new thing you get, apart from the wife, amen? <laughs> you get fed up with every new thing. You think about it, it all dates. There'll be a new phone out. There'll be a new TV out. You know what? One time we were excited about VCRs. Nobody has one now. If you do have one, I'm sure you don't use it. Um, you know what? I can remember when we, got, we rented one out. I can remember mum rented one out years ago. I don't even know why the shop was called Extra Vision then, but it turned into Extra Vision. And when videos just came out, we rented one over Christmas, and then we ended up buying one because you, you know what? You've seen you could tape films and all of those kind of things. Nobody's getting those now. You know what, very few people use a DVD anymore. Why? Because it dates. Everything dates. And we can't comprehend eternal things because we live in time. And in time, everything dates, comes to an end. 
But you see, the things that God gives us, it never dates. Amen? You don't need to get a, a new improved born-again experience. The one you got, there's no improvement on it. You're complete in Christ. Amen? There's no updates. It's new. And that word new means ever new. It's, it's like... It's like the second time, the third time, the fourth time is like the first time. The millionth time is like the first time. I'm telling you, when you see Jesus, you are never going to get bored with being with Jesus. That's what it's talking about. When you get to heaven, you will never lose the wow factor of heaven. You will never lose the seeing the things, experiencing the things. It doesn't get old. Heaven is eternal. The things of God are eternal. They're not natural. They don't date. We can't comprehend that because we live in a world where everything ages. But I'm telling you, see, being with God, it's going to be ever new. It's going to be like the first time every time. Every time you wow, that's what it's going to be like. Amen. Do you see when you eat something in heaven? Because the many know we can eat in heaven. See, every time you eat it, it's going to be wow. It's not like, oh, I've had that before. You go to, the, you go to get ice cream, and I've had that one, I've had that one, I've had that one. What do you want in the chip shop? I don't know, I've had everything in the chip shop. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like having it for the first time every time. See, that's what that means. Ever new. It's fresh. Praise God. That's, that's amazing. You know what, um, I always remember as a child watching that film, you know, um, Willy Wonka, I don't know what the proper title for it is, you know, in the chocolate factory. And I always remember the everlasting gobstopper. You know what it is? Everlasting, it never lost its shape. It never lost its flavor. All you needed to do was get one. And that was it. And you had it. You could... You know what, suck on that thing and enjoy the flavors of that thing for the rest of your life because it was an everlasting gobstopper. You know what, it's the same with the things of God. The things of God, I'm telling you, they are new and they do not lose. Praise God. There's no updates. That's why the Bible says of the angels, they fly around the throne of God and every time they come round, what do they do? They cry out, Holy Holy, holy. And they go round and when they come round again, they go, holy, holy, holy. Do you know why? Because it's new every time they come round. They're not fed up flying round the throne of God. Every time they see God, it's like, wow. 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 Amen. I know I've, sh I've shared it with you before, but when my dad passed away, I, I, I asked God, I said, God, I need you to show me something. I need you to speak to me. Because uh, we hadn't seen him for properly for four months. And just all of that COVID time, my dad passed away. And I was driving up um, the band bridge, um, that band bridge side cutting across off of the motorway in, in the band bridge. I was driving there and God gave me a vision on the inside of me of my dad in heaven. And it was the thankfulness and the, it was like that wow, wow looking at everything and it was like the, it was the gratefulness that impacted me of God I'm here I'm here look God you you, why are you so good to us it was just like that kind of but it was that wow 
And boy, I tell you what, that, that, that healed so much grief that because uh, of knowing that where he is, he's not in pain. Knowing where he is, even though we miss him, but I don't feel sorry for him, not one bit. Never feel sorry for someone that's in heaven. Amen. See, people think, oh, hell's where the party's going to be at. No, it's not. Hell's going to be the absence of God's presence. Even in this, even in this world, and it's going to be torture, there's going to be pain, all of those things, but it's going to be void of God's presence. Whereas even in this life, the Holy Spirit is still dealing with people's hearts and all of those kind of things. But what's it going to be like when you step out of this, limit, this body of limitations and you get the, get the full impact of being in the presence of God? It'll be like wow forever. You will never lose that wow factor when you're with Jesus. But everything that he gives us, you know what? Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. And you see everything that he has given us in those gifts, you can draw off them for the rest of your life. But here's, the de here's what the devil does. He wants to keep us preoccupied. He wants to keep us away from the thing that God has given us. More doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have more in life. It can mean more distractions. Amen. Being with him and experiencing what he's given us, that's truly the joy of, of life. Amen. Let me look, look over here for a second. And again, I'm just laying a foundation here. Second Corinthians chapter 4, look what it says here. In verse 16 it says, For which cause we faint not, and if you read back, Paul was talking about all the trials that he was facing. And it says, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You see, if you live by the outward, you'll get discouraged. If you live by the inward, it's constantly fresh. Amen? So Paul learned no matter what he was facing, he didn't live based on the outward. He lived based on what God gave him. Paul knew who he was in Christ, in other words. Paul knew what God had given him and who he was in Christ. And it affected everything that came against him where it did not stop him. The Bible says even though he was like knocked down, he was not knocked out. Why? Because he wasn't living on his circumstances. He was living based on what God gave him and who God says said he was. See, do we know who God says we are? Because that's what God has given us. And that's new and fresh every day. There's no improvement on that. We just need to learn it. Amen. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for what? A moment. This is a good thing about trials and circumstances in life. Not everything in life lasts forever. So if you're facing anything, you can know this is going to come to an end. Amen. It'll not last forever. So that was Paul's mentality because he faced a lot of pressure. Paul, Paul's mentality was this is light compared to the eternal weight of glory. He had the right perspective. In other words, verse 18, it says, While we look not at the things that are seen. It didn't mean to say Paul was walking around with his eyes closed. It, it meant that he wasn't. He seen everything that was before him. He felt all of the things that happened to him. But he wasn't moved by them. He wasn't moved by what he seen. He wasn't moved by what he felt. What was he moved by? He was moved by what God said because he had his eyes on eternal things. Because eternal things last forever. And you see all of those eternal things, they kept ministering to him fresh every single day. 
So that's the way we need to live as believers. For the things that are seen are temporal. Everything you see is subject to change. That's right. But the things that are, uh, uh, that are not seen are what? Eternal. What it's showing here is there's a difference between things in time and things in eternity. Where do we live out of? Where do we draw out of? Look, Colossians chapter 3. Praise God. Colossians 3, it says, If you then be risen with Christ. Are you risen with Christ? Amen. Amen. Then it says, Seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's your position as well in Christ. Because you are seated in Christ Jesus. Set your affections or your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear with him in glory. It's talking about your viewpoint in life. You either have a viewpoint in life as in like an earthly viewpoint, which is a low viewpoint, which is not. That's why people get, that's why people get into drama. Do you know why? Because they're only concerned about what's happening right now. What's trending? You know what? Or somebody did something to me. And then everything is big to them that's physical. And so it weighs them down. But I tell you, do you see, whenever you have a heavenly viewpoint, you come up a lot higher. I always say you can either live like a rat <laughs> or you can live like an eagle. And if you live from a higher viewpoint, you, you view everything completely different. You don't look at just what's before you. You look at where you're going. Amen. You're not going to let anything that's right there in your face at the minute prevent you from hitting your target in God. But when you have a higher viewpoint, you can see the, you can see the goal. Amen. That's why we look on to Jesus. doesn't mean to say we can't see circumstances. We can I was say like if you've if you've ever done photography, you can you can make images where what's before you is is in focus and the background is blurred, okay? Or you can blur out what's before you and the image back back there is in focus. You just have to play with the camera and how you take the shot. So you can focus on something and everything else. It doesn't mean to say it's not there, but it's not in the focus, okay? I'm telling you, when your eyes are in things above, it doesn't mean to say you don't face things in life. You do. You face opposition, but it is not where your focus is. So it doesn't, it doesn't captivate you the same. That's why Paul was saying, what's before me is a light affliction. Was it light? Well, I tell you, there's not too many of us would make it through what Paul went through. Yet Paul called it what? Light. Why? His perspective. He didn't look at things that he knew. He didn't focus on things that he knew is going to be dissolved one day. It's going to be gone one day. It doesn't mean as much as eternal things. Eternal things last forever. Amen. But not alone do they last forever. They're forever new. Look at Romans 8 for a second here. Romans 8 and verse 5 it says... For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that doesn't mean sin-minded. It can mean sin-minded, but carnal just means meat. That's what it means. It, it, it means, um, what it's just talking about is, is natural. 
To be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. It keeps ministering to you. You see, naturally minded can just be putting anything before God. You know what? We were talking about it today. But you know what? There's some people, you know what? Say for instance, like if 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 a doctor told you to do something, it's amazing how people will take that word of the doctor like it was God telling them. And I'm not saying that doctors are wrong, but you know what, sometimes if a do- doctors tell people all different things. Yeah. A doctor could turn around and say, you don't need to eat that for the rest of your life. And there's people, okay, I'm not eating that anymore. But when it comes to God's word, they will put the doctor's word above God's word. Do you know why? Because they're naturally minded. And I'm not saying that doctors don't have wisdom and all of those things. What I am saying is, there's, you know, it's like people take, if a, if a doctor phrases something a certain way, they embrace the phrase. A doctor's natural. Doctors, as they often say, they're practice, they're practicing. Isn't that what they say? I know whenever I was in hospital, I appreciate doctors and nurses and surgeons and all of those things. They're amazing people. But I can remember whenever I was in the hospital, they couldn't get, they were, because uh, of the, uh, the treatment and different thing, the things that I was going through at the time, they, had, they couldn't get the balance of the medication, you know, to deal with pain and all of those kind of things. They couldn't get it right. And I was getting very sick, and I couldn't eat, and I was losing weight. It was, I'll tell you what, it was the best dad I was ever on. <laughs> but, um, but I was losing weight. I was all of those things because they couldn't get the balance right. Because doctors don't know everything. They don't know everything. All I'm saying is sometimes people take, if somebody says something, they take it as gospel. You know what, if the government says anything, we take it as gospel. You know what, when the coronavirus is amazing how people watch that, it didn't matter what they said. They said it, I, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Totally, it's naturally carnally minded. And I'm not saying there's not wisdom to use in life and all of those kind of things. But I'm telling you, just naturally, just being naturally minded is looking at life from a human viewpoint. And you know what you end up? You end up just being like everybody else. You end up being what the Bible calls a mere man. You don't operate in God's ability. You don't operate in God's power. Do you know why? Because you're not even looking there. Because you're natural. Amen. Not us. Amen. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, what God says is more important than what anybody else says. Sometimes people listen to a teacher and I put them in a box because the teacher said you can't and God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You see, naturally minded is looking at you, looking at your limits, looking at all of those things and saying that's me, this is all I can do. Spiritually minded is finding out who God says you are. Amen. And the thing about being spiritually minded, it's being word minded, and the word abides forever. Everything about God is eternal. Amen. Everything about God lasts. That's what that's what I'm I'm just bringing out here this evening. I'm going to go here. I'm going to get to, to something here. I'm just going to close around here. But I, where I am going to with this is I'm getting to who you are in Christ. 
That's where I'm going to. And I, I think, you know what, it's important to be reminded and to start speaking out again who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Look at this here, these couple of verses here. I'm not going to spend time in these, but I just want to show you this principle. Look what Jesus said to the woman at the well. I'll just, I'll just read the key verses here. Look at verse um, 13. This is John 4, verse 13. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall well, thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that, sh that I shall give him shall be in him. Look at that, a well of water springing up onto everlasting life. In other words, as I said earlier, you don't need a new well. You've already got one. You see, when God gives you something, the new, the new life, the new birth, amen, it's ever new. You can draw from that life. It's fresh every single day, amen. People are always saying, oh, I'm thirsty. Depends what you mean by that. Now, you can be thirsty to experience more in the move of God. But if you're saying you're thirsty, I'm not thirsty. You understand? You see, I was thirsty before I got saved. And I tried a bunch of different things and it didn't satisfy. But when I found Jesus, the search was over. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, when, when I found... Jesus, or a better way of saying it, he found me. He wasn't lost, he was. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? That search was over. Amen. Jesus also said here in um, John 6 and verse... Well, let me just look at verse 34. Well, talking about Jesus here is the bread coming down. Just like when Moses, the bread came down um, for, for them. But you know what? The true bread was Jesus they got fed up with manna. But you know what? I'm telling you, Jesus satisfies. Amen. And it says here, the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto all the world. 34. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And he that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. I'm telling you, when you truly experience Jesus, the search is over. Amen. Now, if people lose it, you know what happens is, I don't mean lose their salvation. I mean, if they lose just the joy of their salvation, do you know what happens? It's because Satan has been able to distract him with other things. Have you ever been in a place where um, you've maybe had a lot go on and you maybe just didn't get the time that you used to get with God even in prayer or in the word or stuff like that have you ever felt like you know in yourself that in yourself you've dry you're dry you understand in yourself but I'm telling you your salvation hasn't run out do you ever notice once you get back into his presence there's just a freshness comes again and you're like oh Lord wait away why did it allow all that to get on top of me do you know why because you see the things of God are ever new. It ministers to you. It's fresh. Once you plug into God, it's fresh. The reason many people end up bored in their Christianity is because they're running after all of the things that are not life-given. They're running after, you know what? They're running after things God hasn't even given them because we have to be seen to be busy and to be doing something new. You understand? But I'm telling you, you see, when you live out of that life source, new comes out of that. 
but it's living, it's fresh. It's not trying to work something out. God's things are fresh. Amen. You see, the Bible says the eye is never satisfied with seeing. But I'm telling you, Jesus satisfies. The Bible talks about some new things, okay? And I'm just going to call these out and I'm, not go, I'm, not, I'm just going to list them. You know, the, the main one that I'm going to look at is, thank God we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? You are a new creature in Christ. You don't need anything to, to be improved on that. You need to embrace it. And what does that mean? To be a new creature, take on our identity. See, taking on your identity in Christ, it'll change your life more than anything. Amen? After you're saved. New creature. Amen? The Bible talks about a new and a living way. Amen? Talks about a new covenant. It talks about new wine, new cloth. Talks about new tongues. A new commandment, which is to love as I have loved you. And also your call is new. It's ever new. You don't need a new call. The gifts and the callings of God are without what? Repentance. If you mess up, it's still there. It's still fresh. Just get back to it. Because God hasn't changed his mind on what he has called you to. Amen. I'm bringing out just tonight that the things of God are ever new. And I want you to know, do you see the new creature which I'm going to look at? Um, and we'll start looking at our identity in Christ Jesus and a few things along those lines. I'm telling you, see if we would take that on on a daily basis. Just if we get the mindset of it and we start speaking who we are, it'll change you. We don't, it's not that we need something new. It's we need to embrace the new that God already gave us. Yeah. Amen. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. You are not who you used to be. You are not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. Amen. But we need to say it as well. So praise God. Let's, let's finish there this evening. Amen.